Union of the Unknowns, a podcast dedicated to the exploration of modern culture, presents a weekly digest of current events that may have slipped past your radar. This is not your mama's news. Welcome to another episode of Union of the Unknowns presents Not Your Mama's News. With me today, I have my pod mate, Stella Q. Hey, Stella, how's it going? (laughs) It's going well, thank you. It's always good to see you, Ashley. How are you? It's good to see you too. I'm doing good. Uh, Sorry I caught you off guard. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. I was like, it's 7.30, ready to rock and roll. But uh, (laughs) yes, I should have... um, (laughs) No, 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 no. That's fine. It's always good to keep me on my toes. That I'm good for because as we've talked about many times and as you know, uh, it's always an ordeal with me. Everything is. (laughs) Well, I'm happy to join in your ordeal. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to have you here. (laughs) Uh, Yes, and I will be hosting this evening, Ashley, Think, Change, Repeat. Um, So we will go ahead and get right into it. We got a couple different stories from different angles to talk about. And I was hoping, Stella, uh, that we can maybe talk about your your story first, your video, if you're good with that. I was actually going to talk about something else just briefly first. A little bit of a follow-up from last week, actually. Yes, great. I'm just going to put my fan on because it's heating up here. We've got a total fire ban today. It's starting to heat up, so I hope it's not going to be too loud. Let me know if it is. I will. Let me see if I hear anything. (laughs) All right. Um, So, yeah, last week I was talking about uh, the voice and the referendum and the cost of et cetera, and I did say I should try to find out from my council how much my local council spent on it just out of interest. Yes. Now, when you say cost, I have a question. Is that the cost meaning of them basically propagandizing people to say yes? I would imagine so because, um, well, it was very government-backed. The whole yes mm-hmm. thing was obviously very government-backed, the current government and, of course, the, co- the um, opposite, the Liberals were against. So that's, you know, generally when, there's, when they're not in agreement, you're not going to get a referendum through. I mean, that's just historical. But anyway... Uh, Yeah, I guess so. So, um, like, for instance, when I went to the polling booths, there was lots and lots of yes paraphernalia and yes people and yes t-shirts and posters and sandwich boards or A-frame boards, whatever you go. And we talked about the colours, right? The purple that was making it look, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 purple. Mm. Uh, Same colour as the Australian Electoral Office. So that was uh, very, very shifty indeed, Mm -hmm. psychological warfare. Anyway, I just thought out of interest I would like to, I don't know, just get a little bit more familiar. I know I, I did state, and it's true, I am not that kind of person, but I'm going to try to push myself a little bit here because I think we're getting to the dire thing. But um, on the other hand, like it's it's hard because I'm so on the fence. Like I don't believe any of this is salvageable because it's an agenda. It's going to it's going to happen no matter what. I mean, we can probably make it harder for them, but and I'll go into this later, but there's this thing called the Global Covenant of Mayors, okay? We're, we're screwed. Anyway, um, back to trying to be <laughs> a little bit oh, on the white pill side. Mm-hmm. I just thought I'd try to contact my council and uh, find out a little bit more about them. Had a, had a bit of a squeeze around on the website. I've been there many times in the past, but thought I'd have a really, you know, deeper look. And uh, started looking at when the next um, uh, council meeting is, and it states quite clearly uh, that 
all council meetings for the public, or they're called ordinary meetings, um, are held every second Tuesday of the month. And obviously I've missed this one. So um, I the next one, I thought, okay, well, I can probably make the next one. So then I realised, hang on, that's the 21st of November. That's not the second Tuesday. No, checked on the calendar. No, it definitely is not. Um, and, yeah, I just thought, well, I don't know what's going on there. So I gave them a call and, uh, I yeah, <laughs> immediately like 10-minute wait just to uh, – I'm on hold for 10 minutes to even speak to somebody. Um, being reassured by this very effeminate-sounding voice that my, Paul, my call is very important. To oh, I bet. I bet it's very important. Whilst they're filing their nails or doing whatever it is they get paid to do. Anyway, I eventually got uh, uh, the call answered by uh, a very nice young lady called Jessica. And um, she was helpful as far as she could be. <laughs> but uh, it was all news to her. Um, so I basically I just, you know, said, why why were the meetings, is the meeting being changed or is that a, a misprint on your website? You know, if so, it'll sort of need to be changed, whatever. She had no idea. So she said, oh, let me just go and find out for you. And she went off and spoke to somebody in authority, I guess. That took another five minutes. Uh, I'm sorry for keeping you waiting. It was like, no, that, that's fine. Um, anyway, <laughs> she had nobody had any idea. So there was no information that could be um, given to me about this particular issue. Uh, I started thinking, what are you guys going to be talking about at the next meeting? This is getting a little bit... Muddy, I think. Yeah, that's very suspicious. And a that's little. a good that's a good catch on your part because purely coincidental. Like, yeah, yeah, but still. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So she said, Can I take your name and number? To which I said, Yes, I'm Jane Smith, but um I'm not available. <laughs> I'm not available. <laughs> I'm not available for the next uh, twenty four hours or so. How about I give you a call? Because there's no freaking way they're getting my number. Um, and I always have my don't show caller number thing turned on. And for those Australians who are listening, if you type 1831 before the number you're going to call, it temporarily blocks you showing your ID, just so you know. Anyway, um, so, yeah, I said I'd give them a call tomorrow. Would they know? And she said, oh, yes, we'll know by then. So, okay, great. So thanks, bye. I screenshotted the page. And I way back machined the page <laughs> just because I thought it would be fun if they changed it. Yep. Very thorough. Love that. Thank you. And uh, anyway, so I've rung back again this morning. And as it turns out, the story is that too many councillors were going to be away on the normal second Tuesday of the month. So they pushed it to the following week, which is the 21st. Uh, no explanation anywhere on the site as to the fact that it, A, it's been changed and B, this is why. Just if you happen to notice. So I wouldn't be surprised. And it's almost worth a journey down there. It's only down the road, down to the chambers and uh, just hang around on Tuesday at 6 o'clock, <clears throat> excuse me, at 6 p.m. and just see how many people actually turn up that don't know about it. Maybe I could start some interesting conversations. Yeah, I bet so. Because if they're showing up, then it, I would – you don't always know in today's day and time, but I would assume that – these folks would also be curious about what they're up to there. Um, so I would think mm. that definitely could be a, an opportunity for you to have some interesting conversations with people, at least get it, you know, have your feelers out. Um, that would be fascinating. And I would love to hear how that goes if you decide to do it. Mm. 
I I don't want to sort of play, you know, um, when you're a hammer, everything's a nail kind of thing. Um, so I, I will say I don't think there's probably anything more up to that particularly. I mean, I, I tongue-in-cheek sort of say, oh, that's really sus. But honestly, I think this is just pure, normal, everyday incompetence <laughs> that you would expect from a council. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they're doing their job well. <laughs> that's true. And it is for sure. I... You're right. We can't always assign that there's something fishy up. Sometimes there, especially on some of these lower levels, there legitimately is a very high level of incompetency mm-hmm, and people just not much. thinking, not planning out, not communicating well. And the other thing is that if they don't have a lot of people that usually show up to hold their feet to the fire, then they probably didn't think it was a big deal anyway. Yeah, true enough. So, um, yeah, I just thought I'd report on that as a little bit of a follow up because I thought, it's worth doing. If you say you're going to do it, you should do it. Yeah. Um, I think that's an interesting tidbit. I would be very curious to see uh, how that ends up shaking out. I'm not loving the fact about turning up because that is actually the place where I did the silent stand that turned quite violent um, in 2021. Not to me, thank goodness. Um, I stayed out of the violence. But, uh, yeah, we were outside the council chambers and um, we were body cammed. So um, as I'm telling the female police officer what an absolute disgrace to humanity she was. She's just standing there body camming me. <laughs> so I'm I'm already on the I'm on the file, baby. Yeah. And I was curious if they have very much surveillance um or if they have cameras there as well. Oh, one hundred percent they are. I've already sussed that one out. Yeah, they're they're all over the place. Yep. At the chambers. Yeah. So um well, would you like to bring a story so that they don't get sick of me talking all the time. <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to get sick of you talking, um, Stella. Oh, I, I do. Don't think that at all. Um, but sure, I will get into my story because I, I have a backup, as you know. But my main story for today, and I'm going to go ahead and um, I'll share the screen here. May uh, do a little scrolling, but I'll just have, um, you know, I'll just have people scroll enjoy the scroll with me and i'll scroll I'll scrolling where... scrolling <laughs> keep that mousey scrolling <laughs> yes so uh danny masterson back in the news and you're probably thinking ashley i don't give a fuck about danny masterson why are you talking about him well to that i would say i don't know because at this point, it's just a continuation of a story that I've covered now. So I felt like I'm going to bring this update. And I I'm will... All for a follow-up. Thank you. I love a good follow I don't follow-up. know what's happening to my voice today. I do apologize. Sorry. Your voice is fine. Um, so, Danny Masterson, if you've been with us for a while, and we do have a live listener, our buddy, our very good buddy, Ando. So I want to give Ando a shout out. Yeah, just hey, noticed that. Hey, good to have you with us. If you've been following along, then you'll recall our coverage of Danny Masterson, who was from that 70s show. That's where he had the main, you know, the main prominence of his career and became extremely famous for that. And then he went on to be accused by three different women of rape. And the allegations were quite a while ago, but recently we had the trials. So one of the trials was a, uh, like a hung jury mistrial. So it didn't end up going anywhere. The next two, he actually was convicted of raping these women. Now he has been married to his wife 
Bijou Phillips for quite a while. And I, I went into a little bit of the, the history of her, but basically she's one of the three daughters of John Phillips of the Mamas and the Papas. So it's a, uh, a fairly disturbed family background that she comes from as well. Yeah. And well, Michelle Phillips, of course, who was also in the Mamas and the Papas. Yes. And um, so Bijou's sister is China Phillips. China Phillips is married to Stephen Baldwin. And so Stephen and China are actually oh, Haley, really? Haley Baldwin's parents. And Haley Baldwin is um, married to Justin Bieber. So it's a very, Hollywood's a very incestual oh, place. Right, incestuous yeah, right. place. So um, anyway, <laughs> the original report was that it appeared to be that the Church of Scientology was standing by Danny, that they, during this whole time, they never went after him based on these allegations. He was still part of the church. Then it also appeared that after the sentencing was done and he received um, the 30, uh, 30 years in prison, which is for all intents and purposes for him, could be life in prison that he, it appeared that she was very devastated by that. She was looking worse for the wear. And, but it, it also seemed like he was going to have access to their child through visits. And I got a stand by your man kind of vibe. Although I don't know that I necessarily read that she was planning on standing by him. I just thought based on what we saw from, from her and her reactions and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So then today I see this story comes up that says that Danny Masterson is expelled from Scientology and declared a suppressive person. Re and while well, the title says requiring members, including his wife, Bijou Phillips, to cut all ties with the actor. So that is what happens in the Church of Scientology. If someone is declared a suppressive person like Leah Remini, like Mike Render, or any number of other people that operate in a way that is deemed not acceptable within Scientology, they are then classified by the church as a suppressive person. And then you can get in very big trouble if you're caught speaking with or interacting with a suppressive person once the church finds out. And mm -hmm. they usually find out because they have this very intense brainwashing slash auditing. Yes, that this auditing is what they call it program, but they seem to really be able to get people to, to really snitch on themselves and others. Mm -hmm. So I thought that this was very interesting. Now, the other thing is that it, he was a suppressive person for not maintaining the high ethical standards of the church, but not because of his rape conviction. And it actually seems like the church is still considering him to be innocent. So mm -hmm. the odd thing in the article, though, what they so really they correct, and this is all speculation, really. After that, like we we have these facts, um, or you know what we what we think, but they're saying that they consider him innocent, and they're not necessarily saying it's about the rape, but just it's about ethics. Okay, so <laughs> I thought that that must have been the reason. Oh, the other point was that. After Bijou was seen to be very devastated after his sentencing, it, it by the next week when we were talking about it here again, she had already filed for divorce from him. So my guess is that as soon as all of that went through the pipe, he was declared right away. And she was told that she had to sever ties with him. Right. So, yep. Shape up so, or ship out, baby. Yes, exactly. And ship out is the way it seems um, that he was going to go. 
So the mm. the guy in the image, if you're not watching, it's just a guy who is um, he has his own uh, program where he kind of delves into Scientology stuff. His name is Jeffrey Augustine, and he's the one that is saying that Masterson was declared a suppressive person or an SP, as they abbreviate there. Now, what the it really seems like the reason may be is because the Church of Scientology is getting ready to have one of its first big events. So you may have remembered by seeing um, some of the um, Scientology documentaries where they have these these huge fets and it's a black tie affair and you've got, you know, Tom Cruise receiving these medals on stage, these awards, and David Miscavige is up there presenting. So it appears that this is what is coming up. So uh, Miscavige has the International Association of Scientologists event that's coming up in London. So it sounds like, according to Augustine, who is a licensed private investigator and a longtime critic of the church, he's a former member and his wife is also um, a former member as well. And she actually worked with L. Ron Hubbard. Now, I would say that to me, that is suspicious in and of itself because mm. of what we have learned recently about the um, uh, government agency connections between mm -hmm. Scientology and the the, the process church, which was a split off as well. So yes. I, you know, take all that stuff with a grain of salt, but basically they're currently outspoken critics of the church and they're trying to shed a little light. And they really think that Miscavige is quote, clearing the decks ahead of the international association of Scientologists event in London. So he's not asked about Masterson. In other words, he wants it handled. He doesn't want Danny Masterson to be the focus. Mm. So, when is that do you know in london i don't actually know i don't know if the date is included in here of when <laughs> it's probably this is not happening. that easy to find i would imagine that's it's a very good question i would imagine it'd be sort of almost to the scale of davos <laughs> i would say that's probably a good uh a good bet that they may not actually want to have very much clarity yeah. on the exact date and whereabouts of of this meeting that they have coming up Somewhere and, under the water, their little Sea yes. Org army. Now, the other, well, interestingly enough that you talk about Sea Org. So Danny Masterson's parents were in Sea Org. And I believe that it may be his actual father was also declared a suppressive person many years ago. So he doesn't have contact with his dad. But now he finds himself declared an SP as well. Oh, so, maybe they'll they'll sort of hook up and join a union, and I wonder if he'll become another Liam Remini, right? Uh, because, like, let's just face it, it's possible she's not what she is coming across as. Sure. Because there is no such thing as an ex Scientologist, so they say. So they say. Yeah. Well, at the very least, I she still seems to have to be awfully cozy with groups that are cozied up with the deep state, yes. Um, the Process Church and Best Friends Animal Services and Leah Remini, there's definitely some weird stuff going on there. So I definitely have my own questions about exactly what is going on with that. And as we've talked about here, why is Leah allowed to do this? Because normally they will ruin a person. Now it's normally she would be under well and truly by now, wouldn't she? Well, either that or, or something. 
the other ways that they get to people is they terrorize them. They, they constantly have uh, Scientology investigators going through their trash, observing them and their family, harassing them. So yeah. even if they aren't physically threatened, physically harmed, they still make life a living hell for them. They're recording them, just total harassment. Now, we could say, well, she's a big enough celebrity that they really don't have the ability to do that to her. You know, she could have her own bodyguards. She could have her own money enough to protect her from those people, mm. which is possible. possible. But I, I definitely feel like this is all just a weird. Another script. Just, yeah. And of course, my question is always, why? What's going on here? Now, pure speculation, but could it be, could it have something to do with um, merging, you know, the rise of the one world religion that they're trying to create for us? Could it have something to do with the, um, the Rosaquar, uh, the land who was also basically? Who was also not what she was presented as? Hmm. Well, we'll I don't know that much about her, but we can talk about that. We'll talk about but that <laughs> uh, what was her? Um, do you know her book? The green, uh, the green agenda. The green agenda. The green agenda. The green. The green something. I'll I'll look it up if you. Okay. Want. So either way, though, I, could this have something to do with that? Because you know we talked about that Scientology. They allegedly went after the IRS in order to say we are a religion. We do deserve tax exempt status. They allegedly, according to common folklore <laughs> or common knowledge, uh, they were able to go after the IRS and individual agents in such a way and at such a level that they were able to basically bully them into getting their tax exempt status to be considered a religion. And we also know that they basically pay the people who work for them, like the Sea Org members and other people almost nothing and that people have to pay very big money to move up through the levels in Scientology. So Ooh, yeah. where is the money going? Well, Scientology is a huge landowner throughout the entire world. They own properties mm -hmm. everywhere. They own a huge amount of property in California in Florida huge. and worldwide. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in Australia so, too. Yes. Yes. They do have quite a footprint in Australia. So what is the play there? Is it something to do with that? And we know that they were uh, associated with the uh, like CIA type groups. So is there something to do with that on the back end? I don't know. Like I said, it's just it's mere speculation at this point, but worth considering and talking about, I think. Mm. Rosa Quire's uh, book was The Green Mask. The Green Mask. Thank you, Stella. And Welcome. lucky for us. Look who's joined us. It's America's favorite Viking, Kilthor. He's uh, in. <laughs> <laughs> how you I, going, mate? I, yeah, as Stella would say, how you going? How you going, mate? How <laughs> you going, mate? And all right, then? He's a bit quiet. He is quiet. All right. I can't hear you, Kill. Anyway, back He's to not it, talking. though. <laughs> He's just popped in. We'll give him a sec to uh, get that worked out. We're glad he's here. Oh, there you are. Okay, right. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> the the point is, though, that the, the saga of Danny Masterson as a suppressive person, the Church of Scientology, the whole Leah Remini, David Miscavige, 
marches on, you know, and it's kind of a, it is a bit of a soap opera, but I am interested in the story because I do feel like there is something up with this whole situation. Oh, yes. It's a very interesting distraction. It's a very large money laundering outfit, um, etc. There's so many things you could attach to it because, yet again, it is multidimensional. It Everyone all together. Multifaceted. <laughs> multifaceted, multidimensional, yes. multi, multi everything. Yes. So. Yeah, they don't waste a sausage. Um. Okay, there we go. Yeah, so I think that's a, an interesting one. I'm going to keep keeping my eye on it. And then also, uh, I thought was just a little interesting side note that this Jeffrey Augustine fella is predicting that Bijou will actually leave the Church of Scientology. I don't know that he has any insider information on which to base that belief or to base that statement. But I believe that it since and I even question this, but supposedly since um, Stephen Baldwin and China Phillips are of the Christian faith and that their faith is important to them, he speculates that uh, Bijou will leave the Church of Scientology and move over to Christianity with her sister and brother-in-law. Well, watch this space, I suppose. Watch this yeah. space. Yeah, yeah, who knows what's going to happen there because um, it could also be all part of the play. I don't know. Um, I, I have I have had my suspicions about a number of, I don't know, Pied Pipers, Judas Goats, who are claiming to be Christian faith. And I'm not saying them specifically. I'm just saying generally I've noticed a little bit of a vibe of people claiming to be Christian, etc. And perhaps they might not be. I'm just saying I mean, yeah. it's a great vehicle, isn't it? It's an excellent vehicle to come in under the radar and be trusted immediately just because you say you're a Christian. It's like, oh, they must be trustworthy. <laughs> it's like, well. Yeah, and I was just learning about um, the Spanish Inquisition that a lot of people, a lot of, they went after Jews at that time, and the Jews that remained, they just went along with the program. But they never stopped being Jews. They never stopped practicing their faith. No, they, um, they were made. They were made. They were forced to change correct. their religion. So some of them, I mean, that's where the, a lot of the Khazarians sort of originated from, I believe. Right. And, and they didn't. Even though they were converted, they actually never converted. So hmm. I would say that anytime someone's proclaiming to be Christian, that it's iffy. It's it's more about deeds and works and, and it really it's between them and God. But you know, yeah, so all I'm saying, I'm not definitely not poo-pooing Christianity at all, or anybody who oh, claims no. to be a Christian. Oh I no, am. I didn't. I but, didn't think that you were at all. But I do think that, yeah, we we don't know, and that there are there's certainly people that are fronting. And to your point, there has been a lot of speculation because Kanye West had developed his own church, and like yeah. Justin Bieber was showing up, and Marilyn Manson was showing up, and <sighs> these people are very, as we know. They're doing all the symbolism. They're doing all the things, right? So mm. what does that even mean? I don't... Do oh, I... that means you don't pay tax, I think. <laughs> That's what that means. Good on your well, Kanye. yeah, but Yay. I think... Where's he now? Well, he got canceled. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think that, you know, so just because Justin Bieber is showing up wearing white to Kanye's church telling me that he's a Christian, mm, I'm a little iffy on it. 
is what I'm saying. Especially yeah. with you're just your, gonna like, be iffy on everybody because yeah. these people, if they're in the lens, if they're in the spotlight, they're there for a reason. And um if they're gonna get any kind of decent airplay or anything, then it's generally going to be because that's what they want us to see. So right. just remember that. Keep it in the park in the back of your brain. <laughs> the uh industry slaves, right? Whenever they're showing their allegiance to the industry through these humiliation rituals or through this weird yeah. one-eyed symbolism or whatever they're doing. So wearing, anyway. I mean, wearing dresses that you would never expect really to wear a dress, you know, exactly. that sort of yeah. thing. Yep. Um, all right. Well, let's see what Kill's got for us. Um, Kill, hmm. hello. How's the internet? Hey. Hey. It's, hey, uh, I can hear you. It's, it's going all right. I just, I just booted the computer up. and I think it takes a few minutes for, all this bullshit to kind of yeah work itself out before everything stabilizes i guess wake up and have a stretch and i don't know but <laughs> yeah so it seems okay for now good got your motor running yeah get so on that highway well what's up how are you guys doing tonight very good thank you all the better yeah. for seeing you mr north yeah. american yeah we're good we're happy to have you man glad you're here Vikings always welcome. <laughs> oh, I think you froze. Kiel. Okay. I think. So while Kiel is getting that worked out, Stel, do you want to go ahead and uh, we can talk about your story and maybe play a little bit of this video? Alrighty. Well, uh, I'm just going across the pond a little bit away from the land of Oz over to our brothers and sisters in New Zealand for this one. Um, so to state the sort of, I suppose, title this is New Zealand is officially a crime scene. Ooh. According to New Zealand Loyal, which is a, a political party that were, okay, New Zealand have just had um, a general election as well. So in October the 14th, which is only about 11 days ago, as far as this recording goes. Oh, we're live. That's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I keep forgetting. So, yes, they've just had an election and they chose, there's been some whistleblower information come out, but this party, very wisely or scriptedly, uh, chose to keep the information uh, quiet until after the election because they didn't want to freak everyone out, basically. Mm -hmm. And just let so, me know when you're ready for me to bring that up. Okay, no worries. I will. Um, so, yes, I hadn't heard of this, uh, this party before I started reading about this. But look, I tell you, sometimes I do wonder if we are living in a simulation. I know it sounds stupid, but seriously, sometimes you just go, are we? <laughs> because like it was only, what, a week or two, maybe two weeks ago, I was talking, I think it was on this show, was talking about, um, you know, would, wouldn't it be great if people could do a little bit of a research about some, you know, like areas versus adverse effects and, and those types of adverse effects, whether there was you know, a culmination of clusters is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Anyway, that's exactly what they've done in New Zealand. So there's, these clusters have come out um, and she, uh, okay, so this lady, what's her name? Sorry, I miss her. Uh, my notes are just such a mess. Elizabeth Jane Cooney, who's AKA Liz Gunn, she's sort of more generally known as, I gather she probably just got married or something. She is one of the ladies and sort of heading the um, New Zealand Loyal Party. So that's uh, nzloyal.org.nz if anybody would like to go and have a look there. They were running um, 
And now that the election has passed, they have decided to come out with this whistleblower information, which the whistleblower is going to remain nameless. Uh, but it's a big data dump and it's all very official data. It's been officiated uh, via the Official Information Act, the OIA, uh, that the government knew of all side effects prior to the first jab ever being discharged. No surprise to us, but no it's official. Yep. Uh, and I use I do use the word discharge because this was this was like a global firing squad, wasn't it? Yes, it was. So I choose to use the word discharge there. Yeah. But uh, they're calling for no more jabs in New Zealand, and let's let's run the video from this sure. point. Okay. The lady probably will explain it much better than I can. Okay, and uh, I and maybe I'll just save this for after. But I am curious if it ended up being like certain spots if it felt like there was hot spots based on uh, the batches, I'm guessing there might be. Yes, I haven't gone into it that far. She actually doesn't either. She just talks about this specific, like the worst one, obviously. Let's okay. hope it's the worst one. I suppose it would be. All right. Well, let's roll that bean footage. But it wasn't the only cluster. That's what I'm getting. So, yes, this will just go for about five minutes. It's definitely worth a listen. I'm Liz Gunn and welcome to this New Zealand Loyal post-election update, the first of two election updates. In my previous video, just before the election went ahead, I stated that I would, straight after the election, release information that would shock you, the mother of all revelations, more. There were many demanding that the information be released before the election, but that was not able to be facilitated. The whistleblower's words to us were that it would be published after the election. I also had deep concerns around the trauma the information would cause on the eve of the election. And to me, it felt unethical to exploit such traumatic information for our own political gain. Well, we have now come to an undisclosed location with a New Zealand clinician mathematician who is very experienced in statistical analysis. That person has with us reviewed the data and confirms our position that it is damning. The figures show that there are tens of thousands of deaths linked to the jabs. And this is just one of the sites recording this type of information in New Zealand. We don't know how many further databases like this are in the country. So it follows that as the deaths are usually less than the numbers of side effects, then the extrapolation of the numbers of injured and dead Kiwis starts to become, frankly, eye-watering. We saw in the data that there are many clusters of deaths, people who attended the same jab site and were jabbed one after the other at consecutive times on the same day. We saw their jab date. We saw their date of death. Let me give you just one of many examples. On one day, 30 people were jabbed on the same day at the same location. All are now deceased. And their deaths are in close temporal time proximity to each other. That's... That's 30, that's all players in a rugby match on the field, suddenly dead. You see, statistically, the numbers of deaths we saw 
cannot be attributed to natural causes given same site and same date of vaccination. It would be what they say statistically, highly unlikely. We are calling for an inquiry, not just any inquiry, a full-blown criminal investigation leaving no stone unturned. New Zealand is a crime scene. Computers of anyone associated with this COVID response rollout in any capacity, mobile phones, communications, bank accounts, archives, and a whole host of other targeted information must be seized. We have OIA evidence, Official Information Act evidence, that the government knew every side effect before one single jab was given in New Zealand. So this evidence lays waste to the safe and effective narrative. It also underlines the gravity and enormity of what I have just stated in this statement. The OIA evidence we have is attached underneath this post on the nzloyal.org.nz site. But there's one thing for sure. There should be no more jabs administered in this country. So many lives have been lost. We saw 13 children on the list that we have examined alone. Since this whistleblower approached me saying they wanted me to release this once I was in Parliament, I have wanted to Yeah, that's uh, fairly damning. Would you agree? I would 100% agree. That is very disturbing. It's not new. It's not weird. As you said, we're very well versed with a lot of these types of things happening. Um, but I had not heard of, as you have scrolling here, 30 people from the same location dying. That is unbelievable. And that's just the worst one. So it's not the only cluster. Let's bear that in mind. And this is just yeah. New Zealand. Correct. That's what I was thinking. You know, in, in some of this current uh, times that we've been in lately in the war propaganda, they love giving you like, oh, well, 1,200 people, that's the equivalent of X number of Americans. And so I was thinking about that for New Zealand. I, you know, however many did they say um, at, the, at the beginning, like 10,000 or thousands or tens of thousands of deaths that she said already that they knew about there? That's insane considering how much smaller it is than the United States. Yes. Uh, you know, I mean, Petri dish comes to mind. Laboratory, you know, little uh, little New Zealand, little local cluster or little isolated New Zealand out there. That's a perfect place to do some experimentation, isn't it? Just like Australia, but only better. Yes. And um, a lot of places I do think, and we've talked about this for a lot of different issues, that different places are a little bit of a trial balloon. And I definitely think that whatever they were doing with this mRNA, whatever goal they had with it or why ever it was important to them that they were absolutely playing around with different formulas and doses in different places, different countries. And they made some, some countries, they let them be like a melting pot, like in the United States. You had J&J, &J, you had Pfizer and Moderna, and then um, 
you were encouraged to mix and match. They really didn't. They were like, oh, yeah, you can mix and match. And then all pick and choose your boosters after that. Eventually, J&J was pulled because of, quote, blood clots. But the safety profile of J&J, I don't think, was any worse than any of the others. So there was that. Then in certain places, they had like just the AstraZeneca. In certain places, um, Israel, I believe. And see, this is another reason that I I do want to make it clear that no matter what is happening, it's regular people are suffering because people in Israel were basically forced to take it. And they were Mm -hmm. the Pfizer vial or the Pfizer test lab because it was almost exclusively Pfizer in Israel. Yeah. So some, some countries kind of had their own little mix and match and, or, or a, a certain one that they pretty much had to take. Yeah. And just on that note, and I might be stepping into slightly dangerous territory here, but fuck it. Um, the Israel government, I mean, if that's God's chosen people, why would they want to kill their own people? So that might say a fair bit loud and clear to some people. Yes. Cause I don't think they care about the citizens and I don't think they view them as, as anything, but political just just for those people who think that you know the government is uh, looking after their people sure Uh, shall we shall we continue on this one can we take it up to five minutes she sort of blurbs a little bit about some personal stuff but uh or even go from there whichever but uh yes fairly damning um good of this whistleblower to come forward obviously we're not going to know who it is um i do have a slight little bit of hesitation with this and i have to air this because um this channel let me see this channel was red pilled truthers from bitshoot and i want to talk about bitshoot just briefly in a minute don't let me forget (laughs) um yeah so red pilled truthers um i did notice in the description there was this there was a connection with tommy robinson news now I'm not fully on to Tommy Robinson, but I have had some information in the past regarding this person. I believe he's a UK dude and he is not our friend. So I don't know whether that association is just him, you know, propping up his own vehicle by putting this on his channel or in his news or whatever. I don't know. I'm just saying, and I don't know for sure about Tommy Robinson, but I have seen some info about him in the past and and looked into it a bit enough to go, I don't believe that person is on our side. So be, be wary about that name. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, and I would put it out there. You know, there's some people, for example, Robert Malone. You know, I don't mm-hmm. I don't think that Robert Malone is our friend, although it doesn't mean that Robert Malone hasn't said some worthwhile things in regards to the mRNA. So um, I think in this case, especially where it's super convoluted information all over the place, we just kind of got to take the parts um, that makes sense to us and then just try to leave the rest or try to consider what the agenda may be. But hopefully the information is still legitimate. Yeah. Well, as, as always question everything, you know, practice, practice caution and use discernment. So yes. just with everything. <laughs> yes. All right. Let's all right. Have a let's listen roll to it. what old Liz has to finish off on. As we all do, who seek to bring the truth to the people of this country under urgency. I cannot comprehend why, when there is ongoing harm, that this data is not released immediately to bring an end to that harm and to launch a full-blown criminal investigation. So I'm appealing to you, the people of New Zealand. You must all demand an end to the jabs. If not addressed urgently, the World Health Organization will be able to declare the next pandemic and force mass jab compliance 
under the Pandemic Preparedness Act, which will soon be a reality. Research that. It's also critical that you understand the difference between an inquiry per se, which is what Winston Peters has called for, and what we call for a criminal investigation. Inquiries often lead to narrow terms of reference, and they can risk just being a whitewash, where they're seen to be doing something, but there's little or no change as a result. By contrast, criminal investigations involve seizure and an in-depth examination and exposure of all facts. What I will do, New Zealand, should this whistleblower finally find the drive that we are showing at New Zealand Loyal, the determination that we have, and approach me again and say they will divulge it all, what I will do is take that information to Winston Peters. I'm not looking for anything from this other than what I always look for, which is to serve my country. I will willingly offer it to Winston Peters should they find the courage to fully open up with what we have seen today. And I will hope that Winston gets, along with the hard work of exposing it, I would hope that he gets all the glory as well. What I want more than anything is for these truths to be brought to you, the people of New Zealand. And my final word today would be this. I pray that at last the backbiting can stop, the nastiness, the undermining of one another can stop, and that this issue, this important, crucial standing together, finally unites us all, New Zealand, and that we stand up to this new government and say, we demand a full exposure of the truth. Yeah, and then we go into the very dramatic music. It sounds a little bit like, uh, oh, it's a bittersweet symphony. This, you know that one? Verve, the verve, you're muted. The yes. verve. The yes, verb, not the blurb. Remind me of that. <laughs> <laughs> the blurb. <laughs> yeah, it's a good name for a band. The blurb. <laughs> oh, I do remember so, the verb. Yeah. So, um, you know, there you go. That's what's happening with our brothers and sisters over there. Let's hope. Let's hope, because we live in hope, um, that that information will truly get out there, not just remain on this little channel on BitChute. I don't know how broadly broadcast that has been. Um, but I think, you know, we are up to the end of Chapter 18 in the sparse document, aren't we? Uh, so nice. this massive splurge of information is obviously ramping up um, with the Pfizer indemnity questionable, etc., and the Pfizer papers that have, were released, all that stuff. So we're getting into the thank you for your sacrifice in Chapter 9. I think that we are. And when, on that topic, something that I did want to bring up. Oh, sorry, Chapter 19. I said Chapter 9. Sorry. Oh, but towards the end, nonetheless. And, this uh, is the last chapter. Yeah. And if you haven't checked out the SPARS document, please do, um, because it basically has been the entire COVID scamdemic word for word. And um, we are- It was like a, a SPARS pandemic document, I think it was called, the 2017, mm -hmm. the Johns Hopkins- um, Yep. And simulation. We have, we have linked uh, to that and talked about it in our work before, but if anyone has any questions, feel free to reach out. I'll, I'll shoot you the link. But mm -hmm. um, so one thing that I wanted to 
to bring up in regards to what you're talking about is that Steve Kirsch, who has been a researcher and, um, you know, has been posting about the danger of the shots. He originally got the shots. He was a tech guy um, first and then has really pivoted to be posting about the harm that has been done. So yeah, recently, good. he has just said that because something was not disclosed by the pharmaceutical companies, that they are now open for litigation. So I personally am very skeptical on that, but I do feel like it would go right in line with exactly what you're saying with the, the finish line of the SPARS pandemic document. Yeah, and you know, let's not fool ourselves. Those um, litigations are going to take years and years and drag on and on. And yes. you know, new judges will come through, and new CEOs will come through, and new businesses will come through, and the mRNA tech will fade into something else. And we all know how that bloody you know that scene plays out. So, yes. Now, the only Sadly. thing that that could be interesting here is if they're okay. So this is what Steve said. This was on October the 21st. He tweeted this. The vaccines are adulterated, which would mean, my understanding, contaminated. The FDA mm -hmm. is required by law to take them off the market, and now you can sue the manufacturers. And then he, he goes on to put quite a thread here, um, and he, he has a Substack article about it. And he lists a link to like 90 different attorneys that are helping people to sue. But mm -hmm. the the... And as you said very correctly, the litigation process will take forever. But if there's anything legitimate here, if the FDA didn't know and if they actually now allegedly they know and they are required by law to take them off the market, that would be an indicator of a true end game here for the sparse pandemic. Um, so I have been curious to see if that will actually happen. Mm -hmm. I have my doubts. I obviously, I hope that one day the announcement will come, you know, very soon that they've been all pulled and people will be like, Oh, why, you know, maybe start asking some questions after four years of this stuff. But, uh, maybe I'm just an optimist. Well, no, no, I think there's, um, there's some validity in that totally because I foresee that either. Well, two things. They might try to find another word for to replace the word sacrifice because I feel that they keep that for people like the cops and the authorities. True, yeah. <laughs> we 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 had to sacrifice this and that, you know, just to yeah. but um but also also I see um that being quite useful in the sense that they could use this to say, Oh, we really screwed up with those vaxxers, didn't we? We're really sorry. Thank you for your sacrifice. Now here, take this stuff, it's much safer yeah this new technology the, the mrna forget about that there's this new thing this genetic thing and uh we guarantee it's been in the works we guarantee it's going to be safe and effective safe and effective right and safe and effective yeah and part of me wonders what is the play with that and there's only so much if you if you admit that what you were calling safe and effective for many many years isn't then, you know, will their play be to try to continue to ruin people's, you know, uh, opinion of their authority figures and health and government? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, you know, we know that that's part of the goal. 
but yep. it's just like, there's so many moving pieces. It's just so interesting to figure out what is the play. I mean, that's always interesting for me because overall we do have a really good idea of the big picture, one world government, one world currency, one world religion, you know, metaverse, stay in your pod, shut up, you slave. But there's a lot of details between now and then that yeah, but we it, don't really know. I see it, and I'm sure that they see it, as writing code. Okay, anyone who's written a bit of computer code will know what I'm talking about in the sense of they've been at it for a long time and they have many, many, many think tanks all compartmentalized in the sense of you look after this bit, you look after that bit, you look after the cross-referencing bits, you look after the, how this bit connects with that bit. You know, they, they've got every, every you know, they've turned over everything. They, they, they've got everything covered. Every ass is covered, basically. Not just in one way, but probably two or three or four different scenarios for each possible outcome. And everything they do so far has been pretty much a uh, litmus test. Um, testing things out, refining, go back and have their little, they all shuffle back into their private jets and go into their little cockroach hole and do their little with their think tanks and this is what happened and now we're going to do this. Then they all disperse out again into the world and pollute and do their cockroach poo everywhere. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, they've got every single little thing worked out. It is a script. Um, but it is like writing code. It's like, you know, if this happens, then that if right. that happens, then this. And it's like every little bit's covered. So, yep, that's how I see it. And I'm sure that's how they see it. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I do think that there there is some variability in what they're doing. But definitely, uh, as you have said, and we've talked about quite a bit, that they're throwing out trial balloons here, trial balloons there. You know, for example, the Canadian protests, uh, the trucker protests in Canada, Canada, um, that was another <laughs> trial balloon. Now, mm -hmm. that would be an example of something that I think at least started in an organic way and then maybe became co-opted and certainly was used to make an example of. Um, so maybe just something like that type of a protest is also a trial balloon. But every little circumstance is, a, as you said, a data point for them to collect and see, well, how did they react to this here? How did they react to that there? Who, how how much did they accept it here? How much did they resist there? And on and on we go. Yeah, I don't know how organic that really was because, like, I mean, one way to look at it is it, that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't an orchestrated reason for it to do to do it, you know. Um, it, it was sort of like organic but with a GMO flavour, you know, <laughs> sort of, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, and it's hard And, and it's hard you know, that was, that, was, that was about measuring the outrage as well. Sure. And, and especially in a place like Canada, where people are maybe a little bit more polite, they're a little bit more compliant in that regard, and they certainly don't have the rebellious spirit that was formerly associated with Americans. So maybe that was part, part of it. Um, and like with most things, I think there were people that were genuine and they were 100% organic. And then there were people that were trying to co-op the movement. Um, but they definitely had the book thrown at them. They definitely were made an example of, and um, it was taking cancel culture to the next level because they were very, very publicly debanked, you know, fundraisers for them were uh, shut down, all that stuff. So anyway, yes. not to get into the details of that, but just that it was a trial balloon. It was data collection for them. 
Yeah, and just on on that particular subject, since all that sort of you know bank freezing bank accounts etc. has happened, I have noticed that because when was that twenty twenty one or twenty two? Oh, I think oh, anyway. twenty one. It's been a while. Mm, yeah, <laughs> amazing how quickly it all fades. Um, but I have noticed, yes, the banks are all updating their terms and conditions a lot. You know, like I mean, I know they do that regularly, but some of the things that they're updating as well are. Like I, I was only last night reading the NAB, the National Australia Bank, terms and conditions change. Because, I mean, you've got to go to the source. You can't just read it on the bloody Facebook or whatever. So, yeah, you go to the source and you find out that mm, it's not quite how it's being broadcast, but that's the possibility that it can go that way. Um, but, yeah, just about things like, you know, how we how we can stop things in your account without your approval, you know, because it's in the under the guise of protection, etc., which is valid, of course, it's valid. But it just sounds very much like the we're looking out for you, safe and effective sort of thing. So, um, yeah, um, one of the other things that came out, oh, I can't remember which bank it was now. Oh, it might have been ANZ. Um, there was a thing going around that they could just um, uh, what was it? Oh, there's some sort of breach of privacy and everything. And what it turned out to be was under the guise of um, within the bank protecting victims of domestic violence. So people who are under financial control, which I can relate to. <laughs> um, so, yeah, in that sense, it's good. But I can tell you what, when I was in that situation, the last thing that would have been on my mind was going to the bank for help. Okay, so uh, this this particular bank I was reading about was um, they're running, you know, different programs. It's all virtue signaling. That's all it is. So they're running different programs about uh, one of them is called the Good Shepherd. Um, so they can, if you go to the bank and appeal your case, they can actually offer you, you know, up to fifteen hundred or eighteen hundred dollars. I think it was to, you know, basically make your escape, which makes it out it just makes it all sound so simple it's like oh here's some money now you can get out of your situation it's like yeah okay thanks um it sounds good the other thing was that they were talking about you know helping women to get out of these situations and i thought you bloody sexists because <laughs> i know at least three men who have been in abusive abusive relationships happens a lot with gay couples um so yeah just interesting these yeah, little details it is. And the other thing that I thought about there too, is that that's a really slippery slope because, yeah. even, and I'm not sure at that point, let's say that someone goes to them, applies for the money, gets the money and they go. But what happens to the other person that has been accused of domestic violence? And obviously we know that that's a slippery slope because in the, in the day and age of Me Too, we've seen how that has been used to be weaponized when convenient. Um, yes, exactly. Against somebody. So that's the other thing. It's like, okay. And, you know, I know that uh, Australia is different because they are part of the crown, not having their own constitution for whatever that's mm -hmm. worth. But, no, the queen was sacked in 1973 from what I can gather, but sorry. <laughs> Keep going. But we're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. So if they're taking your money, that's not innocent until proven guilty. That has no trial. That's nothing. That's speculation, accusation, rumor that they would be shutting down your your account potentially. You know, so it's it's yeah. very um, it's very slippery slope. And then of course we also get into the, the the hypocrisy and the audacity of these people knowing what they knew about an actual predator 
documented predator, Jeffrey Epstein, and mm-hmm. they continue to do business with him. Or the accusations of uh, Bill Clinton as being a rapist. He was never debanked. Uh, Joe Biden has not been debanked. <laughs> but yeah. there have been credible allegations against these people for this kind of stuff. Meanwhile, oh, you've, only, you've only got to look at what they did with Jimmy Seville. They freaking exactly. knighted the bastard. <laughs> exactly. He was propped up. He was propped up. It's because he's part of the club. And then, um, um, meanwhile, you have Dr. Mercola recently, whose entire business bank, his uh, the banking account for his businesses were shut down. He was debanked. Mm-hmm. And the CFO and the CEO also had their personal family accounts closed as well. Yeah, and also that guy, Nigel Farage, is it? Is that his name? Farage? Farage. Know. Farage. UK personality. Uh, Terence is sitting there nodding his head right now. I can feel him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was um, he was debanked and everything as well. Um, so I don't really know what the outcome of that was. Whether he's a puppet or not, I don't know. I don't know enough about him. Yeah. He's just a well-spoken gentleman. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I think the... Uh, yeah, it's just they're just showing us how much they can reach in and do whatever the hell they want because uh, they just change the terms and conditions and the rules and the guidelines and the goalposts when it suits them. And if we don't like it, we can take our money out and go elsewhere. But the problem is they're all the same. So, right. <laughs> you know, I mean, stick your gold under your mattress, I suppose. Yeah, and that is uh, that's very interesting. So I'm not sure about in um, – in Australia, what it's like there. Here we have things called credit unions or like a federal credit union, but it's supposed to be like a smaller regional bank, not associated. Yeah, we have them. Like, okay. So not associated with like Bank of America or, or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And they're allegedly supposed to be a little bit safer, but I don't, you know, I don't trust the banking system. And I definitely think that we are on the verge of a very, very big banking crisis. And of course, that's been done intentionally. Of course, we know what the goal is to eventually have people have central bank digital currency that's issued by the government so that they can track and trace every dime that you spend and tie it in with other forms of surveillance. But they have to have the crisis. It has to be when they're ready to pull the rug on that and what they're going to use to do it and what they're going to use to stave it off and kind of balance that out. So my understanding is like in times of war, they're balancing it out. They're kicking the can a little bit because that's profitable for them. And, um, you know, it's all about, yeah. So there's a lot of stuff happening in the financial markets, but I was listening to, uh, Gregory Manorino today and he said that, um, bank runs are happening, even though you traditionally would have thought that it would start to make news that bank runs are happening, but they're not saying anything. He said, they're not telling people, but people are making bank runs. And he said, like Bank of America, he said, it is over for them. So when will we actually see the fall of B of A? I don't know. Will we see it? Will it continue to be propped up, bailed out until they're ready to totally pull the plug and implement the new financial system? Only time will tell. Probably be gobbled up by a, a bigger fish. Um, yeah, I'm a little bit nervous because oh, I think I might have meant I've got, got got a couple of term deposits that I've you know had long term five years sort of thing, and I I looked into getting them out um, a bit earlier. But oh boy, the amount of money that was going to cost was just absolutely insane. It was like, well, what was the point of having it in there in the first place? Then? Right. The and and the. Th- 
the thing was, yeah, exactly. The thing was that that penalty thing has changed as well. So since I put the, put it in, so I actually sat down and worked it out myself. Like I, <laughs> I don't love mathematics, but I I can do it. Um, and I sat down and I spent about two hours doing it, but working out um, how much it was going to cost me to get out. And then they came back with a completely different figure. And then I realized, oh, they're working because of, mm, I did it after August 2017 or whatever it was, because of some date that it's actually worked out a little bit differently. I was like, oh, oh, okay. Well, could you please, and I asked them, the, the bank directly, could you please direct me to somewhere on your website that shows me that information or that shows me the formula? Oh, um, no, we don't. I don't believe we have that information. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, fortunately, I, I had already uh, downloaded the previous terms and conditions. I'll try not to go on too long here, then this is boring as batshit. But basically, long story short, I wanted them to show out, show me their working out. And they couldn't because they just put the figures into a computer. Right. So, and it just tells yeah. them whatever that number. Yeah, but it's like, well, you know, we had to do that at school, so you do it now. Um, but anyway, in the end, you know, would you like to make a complaint? It's like, not not really. What's the point? And, and, and as it turns out, unless, you know, a number of, which they didn't give me, probably, I don't know how many, a number of other people have complained about that exact same thing, then it basically it doesn't go through. So. Right. It wouldn't <laughs> even matter anyway. And most, oh, I people, most people at this point are so overwhelmed by so many other factors that they, they don't even have the wherewithal to even go after this particular like one thing. Um, so, yeah, and th and that's it, how they get away with everything, because yeah. we're all too bloody busy and in a flurry trying to live and get around all this other dodge, all this other crap. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's quite the, uh, exhausting, really. The other thing is that most people don't have an awareness. If, if you told them that they're trying to put in a social credit score and a central bank digital currency in the very near future, people would just be in complete denial. Like they're so far, the mm. average person is so far away from that. Like they don't get it. It's not even oh, in they their, are. their mind at yep. all. I just had a conversation very recently with um, well, one person in particular and not, no freaking idea whatsoever about any of it. And it's, it's just like, well, I'm trying to tell you, you know, like I'm not, I'm not standing here ranting like an idiot because it's fun. Like I'm trying to let you in on this. It's like, oh, oh, if that's the world, then I don't want to be in a world like that. It's like, <laughs> well, then do something now. <laughs> and the, the crazy thing too is like whenever it happens, they're just going to go along with it. They'll just say yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're just going to be ushered. So it's it, whether or not the psyops are spiraling us or they're it's a wave, whatever yeah. that is, you know, start here, 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 whatever mm -hmm. is going on, they just are going to ride that wave and they're just going to go into the next thing. You know, it's yeah. like um, and uh, when we were on with Angry Tiger, he said, I will not call them NPCs. I will not call them sheeple because they're human yeah. beings. And I really like that. But yeah, I, I will call them NPCs. Some of them are idiots. <laughs> that their chip is, you know, we've seen the meme, right? So you change out the chip and you take out the COVID yeah. chip and you put in the Vax chip. Then you take that out. Then you put in Ukraine. You take that out. Then you put in Israel and yeah. on and on we go. And so there mm -hmm. never is a moment of reflection. There never is a like, oh, wow, maybe something's going on here. Yeah. So they just keep going along with the next thing. Tossed around in the waves of information. The sea, never, never quiet and calm, is it? No. It's always a tumultuous, perfect storm. 
it is a perfect storm. Anyway. Well, we lost Keel, but thanks for trying. <laughs> yes, we did lose our buddy Keel. Uh, that was a bummer. I was hoping he was going to be able to chime in with some um, with some Viking wisdom for us today. Hmm. A bit of Odin madness. Yes. But, um, do you have anything else or? No, I think. Uh, I think that's it. I feel like we, you know, we covered some good stuff today. Some, some thoughts. It's like, yeah. like a good place to, to tuck it in and say good night. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say, yeah, we'll, we'll put all the links as usual into descriptions and, and uh, things uh, just to quickly run over that global covenant of mayors. I wanted to talk about oh, yeah. just very briefly because I haven't been into it much myself, so I'm not going to talk about it much at all, but I did want to mention it and just read. So if anyone would like to get ahead of the curve, and well, way ahead of me, um, Global Coven, oh, sorry, Covenant, <laughs> uh, Global Covenant of Mayors.org. So that will probably, I suspect, is going to fill you in on how infiltrated everything truly is. Let me just read the Our Mission. So I've gone to the Our Mission page. We serve cities and local governments to raise the bar on climate. That should say it all. Uh, we envision a world where committed mayors and local governments in alliance with partners accelerate ambitious, measurable climate and energy initiatives that lead to a low emission and climate resilient future. Because remember, they do own that word resilient. Everywhere you look, it's resilient this, resilient that. And we've got resilient Lismore down the road. Uh, which are the people that have moved in sort of, you know, to sort the place out after the floods. So, yeah, um, have a look at that. Have a bit of a read. Yes, um, definitely. I just don't know. I don't know if it's worth getting involved or not. I really don't know. I feel that I should, but at the same time, I feel it's completely futile. So, Well, and you can only have <sighs> so many irons in the fire, right? I feel like, you know, there's a balance to be struck between – your self-education, your self-preparedness, and then the over, mm. like, which subjects you're going to try to do a, a deep dive in and become super familiar with, um, which is one of the things I love about the community because in, in the truth community, there's in a lot of the people that we know, everyone kind of has their own areas that they're very good at, that they dig into, and we can learn from each other in that way because otherwise it's, it's very complicated. You know, as the dude would say, a lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have yous, it's a lot to keep yeah. up with. Yeah, and there's some value in know thyself. Like there's no point in pushing yourself into a place where you know it's just not your forte, it's not your thing. You're just probably setting yourself up for failure. And, you know, there's the other side of it is, is you know, push yourself. I can get with that as well. But sure. there's certain things where like you get to a point and you're just like, you know, I don't fit into that spot. That's not my, that's not my thing. It's not my gig. Um, but I'm okay at this, so I'll stick with that. And if I can use that to help someone else who does the other thing, then that's fine. And I, I'm all for that. And I just wanted to read one last little thing, little um, from Luke twenty one sixteen, just about you know, don't rely on other people, don't put your trust in personalities or, or you know, pied pipers or Judas goats or anything like that. And ye shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinfolks and friends, and some of you shall they cause to be put to death. Okay, so it's Luke twenty one sixteen. We really have to just know ourselves, um, rely on ourselves, use, use our discernment, everybody. Yeah, 
I definitely would agree with that. Discernment is key in these troubled times for sure. The dude might abide, but uh, the dude should never comply. <laughs> indeed, <laughs> indeed. All right. Well, I think that's a pretty comprehensive show. We've covered a lot of things and we have avoided a subject for the most part that I wanted to avoid. That's great. We, we did well. <laughs> I think we did. I think we did. Even though I uh, made it an ordeal, as per I <laughs> usually do, threw you for a loop, that was on me. I apologize. All good, there. my friend. <laughs> it's all good. Um, otherwise, do you have anything that you would like to ask me? Yeah, where's your cat? Didn't see a cattail today. <laughs> <laughs> the cats have had a very busy day today of being all over the map and crazy. So they are, both of them are snuggled right over here. Together. Well, I have it on. I have it's it on amazing. very good authority that uh, your cat would like to know where can you find the unknowns. Well, I'm glad they asked because <laughs> <laughs> you can find the unknowns at our Linktree page, which is unionoftheunknowns.com. That has all the myriad ways to get in touch with us, including the link to our Discord, which we would love for you to join and come chat with us. And you can find me over at Union Unknowns on X Twitter. X Twitter. Yes, and we also do have, uh, we have a fan mail shout out to Tommy Kitten, <laughs> and that's from <laughs> from our buddy Ando. <laughs> hey Ando, thanks for being there bud, and kills. Yes. Thank you, thank you. All right, everybody, thanks so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it, and um, thanks for, for sticking with us. We uh, are very grateful for you. Stella, I'm grateful for you. And I always Likewise. Have time. Love your guts. Love your guts. Love, love everyone's love guts. guts. <laughs> All right. We'll <laughs> talk to y'all later. Ciao for now. Let's see if I can do this. Not Your Mama's News has been a production of the Union of the Unknowns podcast. New episodes are available weekly on all your favorite podcasting networks.